You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right. Welcome back to Shot of History. I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. Teehee. I'm Calvin. <laughs> and I'm Dave. You know, usually it's, you know, three girls and three guys. And today I'm the only girl. And it's International <laughs> Women's Day today. So I, I feel like you were betrayed by your gender. That's that's what that that's how that works. <laughs> like we didn't we didn't tell them to not come and we planned this out and they were all going to be here. And then wacky mayhem yeah. ensued. Well, we've got Melissa's not feeling all that great. And then uh, Ellie is, you know, got the also probably not really that great. Yeah. So, you know, it'll just be the four of us today. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Welcome, it'll be, America. It'll be a quaint little yeah. session. <laughs> All five of the people in America that listen to our show, thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> um, today, I'm going to be the historian. I'm going to be talking about the history of cheese and witchcraft. So, <laughs> how um, how appropriate? How, Wait, are, those <laughs> are those things mutually excuse, uh, exclusive? No, I feel like they are both directly tied to Steph's life. <laughs> okay. I, both things are uh, <laughs> in my life. Um, so I'm very excited that I, I came across this information. I was like, oh, I got to do a show on it. Cheese and witchcraft. Come on. <laughs> Perfect. So, How would you not? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> before we get started, you guys know what to do. Raise your glasses. Hooray. Cheers. <sighs> Delicious caffeine. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I, I said I was going to I was going to start the uh, I was I saved the wicked pickle uh, un, un, until today so that I could try it. So I'll have to do that the next episode. Nice. Yeah, I want to I want to know what it tastes like. I'm curious. And I just think it's hilarious. It's wicked pickle. Wicked. Wicked. Is it whis- oh, it's whiskey, uh, whiskey that tastes like pickles? Wicked pickle. Yeah. So it's I can't figure like pickle pickle. Okay. Yeah, I can't figure out if it's going to be like an all in one pickleback or it's going to be the worst thing ever. So yeah, I'm ho- stay tuned for the I'm next hoping- episode, kids. Yeah, right. I'm hoping it's the former because if it is, then I'm all in for that. <laughs> if it's good, if it's good, I'm buying a bottle after today's show. There I'm go. just gonna go ahead and crack it open. Uh, all right, there we, we go. Here we go. Say, just here we go, it. everybody. Live on all air. Right. We don't we don't normally do this. A live taste test. Here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Oh, ooh, right, smells smells very. Using a green shot glass. It's it, my Jägermeister shot glass for the wicked pickle. To paint a picture. Paint a picture. Uh, it it smells very briny. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hmm? Okay. Okay, so it's got. Yeah, so it tastes. Honestly, it, it tastes like spicy pickle brine. Hmm. That's exactly what it says on the bottle, though. It says spicy pickle. Well, it says spicy pickle flavored whiskey. Like, there's no whiskey taste to it whatsoever. It tastes like spicy pickle oh, that brine. Dangerous. That sounds. I know. Exceptionally dangerous. So I feel like you could almost you could almost do a pickleback with a shot of Jameson and that as your pickle. Like, oh God! So a double shot, then, right? Is what you're saying. <laughs> and then Dave got super drunk and fell out of his chair. Right. <laughs> right. No, don't do that. <laughs> All right. So now that we know uh, that Wicked Pickle takes back, the... Back to cheese and witchcraft. Yes. Yeah. Back to back to cheese and witchcraft. The most important things ever talked about on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know 
like, well, you guys are all on Facebook. I like and- cheese and witchcraft. <laughs> Calvin's like a in a singing mood. I, I feel like, I like he's it. he's auditioning to bring back the real American heroes uh, Bud Light commercial. <laughs> the real men of genius. <laughs> yeah, the real men of yeah, they, real yeah, there's- men of genius. Yes. <laughs> all right, I'm done interrupting. It's fine. Um, so there was this meme that was going or around. Am I? Uh, clearly not. I'm done. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, there was a meme going around on Facebook and Twitter and all that, and it was um, a passage from uh, the complete book of magic and witchcraft, uh, which came out in 1971. And it talked about um, you may. It read, you know, you may fascinate uh, a woman by giving her a piece of cheese, and so this was like going around the internet and. I was like, hell yeah, you could. Well, and I, I love, dude, like you got Ooh. tagged in that like a bajillion times and it was like I shared did. your wall. <laughs> Everybody knows I like me some cheese. I could live off that shit. So, um, so that got me thinking, uh, I was like, I wonder if this is the only, you know, time that cheese in witchcraft kind of meet together. And it's not like, apparently, um, cheese is actually, uh, one of the things that was thought to have like magical properties. So they used it in a lot of things and there's a lot of different. Um, like I'm, I'm curious. Why? I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious as to the origin of the thought that says rotting milk <laughs> has magical <laughs> powers. Like that's. Well, okay. So it, they think, you know, a lot of people think it's because it's made from milk and, you know, milk is a powerful substance because it's supposed to, you know, give life and, and strength to the young. Like we raise, you know, our children on breast milk and then milk's supposed to make your body strong, whatever. Um, and then uh, in the tw- there's a 12th century uh, mystic named Hildegard von Bingen who compared cheese making to uh, the miracle of life in the way that it forms curds from something insubstantial. So something basically out of nothing. Um, so that was, you know, there, there are different thoughts on why. So basically um, we are cheese gods <laughs> is what he's, yes. he's getting at. Yeah. Okay. We, we're cheese gods. And I mean, I'm, and it, I'm okay with that. The, the first time I was, the first time I went to England, I was, I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old with my dad. Um, and I remember they have, uh, there's literally just a cheese channel on BBC. There was like BBC oh. one, two and three and one and one and like four was just cheese. Like that's all it was like people making cheese. And, and so I did, I was bored for like one day and I just sat there and, and zoned out and watched the cheese channel for a while. It's actually an interesting process, how it gets made or like the difference. So, I mean, it's, I, I get it. It's essentially free porn in my opinion, watching people <laughs> make cheese. Oh, Ah. Do it! Okay, do it! You, pour okay, that mold! So pour that mold! Since we are on the <laughs> the topic of cheese here for a second, I just came across this today, and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes. Hopefully, you're not going to mention this. Have you all heard of Kasu Martzu? No. Bless you. Okay. It, okay. Yeah. It is. It literally, it means rotten, putrid cheese. It is illegal to make it in the United States. It's illegal to make this cheese. I mean, that's this not che- that's not really fair. There's a lot of stuff that you can't make legally in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is cheese. Ew. Okay, but there's a reason. And, 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 it, ha- and it has live maggots in it. 
Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've heard of it, but I didn't know it went by that name. I've actually seen it on uh, the Food Channel. It's uh, it's called Maggot Cheese, but it Katsu Martu. And I saw this meme came across my uh, my feed today, and I said, there's no way that's real. And it I Googled is. it, and it is hella real and super duper illegal, as it uh, should be. Yeah, but in a lot of other countries, though, it's a delicacy. Because there's something about... The maggots, like I read, I, well, I saw the thing on the Food Channel and then I read a little bit about it. There's something about like the process it goes through with the maggots being in it that makes it like, gi- gives it this special flavor. I personally would yeah. not try this. Is this like that yeah. stupid ass coffee that's super expensive because like some a squirrel eats the nuts and then poops yeah. it out? It's made of guano. It's like, uh, like <laughs> there's, the, there's the bat poop one and then there's like the, yeah, the one you're talking about, like there's a mammal that poops it out and it's and they they should just be really honest in what they call that coffee and just call it poop coffee right or <laughs> shitty coffee like i just feel like they missed an opportunity i feel like that would be an, that would like i feel like shitty coffee would be an amazing brand <laughs> yeah <laughs> well one of my favorite cheeses is actually made with cheese mites so it's actually covered in little mites to give it its its flavor and, and characteristics it ends up looking like uh like a musk melon, basically when it's when it's treated. Yep, I've fallen down a rabbit hole. I'm just telling you, this is really in line with your episode today because now I'm looking at how kasu martsu is made, and <laughs> it is some witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you you know what I tell you what if you let me finish my witchcraft, go go right here, ahead. Can, we'll talk about uh, how that cheese is made as a bonus. It's disgusting, and I'll it, it'll be all you, Cal, because I don't remember how it's made. Right, I was I was planning. <laughs> to give the recipe for the worst cheese ever. But go ahead. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then um, in the early modern period, they actually would talk about like the creation of the universe as it pertained to like in the terms of cheese making. Um, so this is a quote. Uh, I'm not sure who this quote is from. I couldn't find the name, but it says all was chaos. That is earth, air, water, and fire were mixed together. And out of that bulk, a mass formed just as cheese is made out of milk and worms appeared in it. And there were the angels or these were the angels. So apparently this goes along with that maggot cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing it back around. I just, it's almost like cheese is supposed to be compared to the big bang theory. Like it's, (laughs) Yeah. Um, so cheese gods. <laughs> there's a long history um, of cheese magic, is what they like to call it. Cheese magic, clearly the best kind of magic. Um, you know, even before you know the medieval period, uh, back in the uh, second century, uh, a diviner. I don't. I'm going to butcher this name. Um, Artemide, Artemidorus. That actually might be right. That could be right. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> he mentioned uh, tyromancy, which is cheese divination. Um, uh, basically, it, I'm oh, not going to be able to get through this episode. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, I yeah, know, is it, now I I'm know. picturing like the old, like the Stygian witches, like with a cauldron of cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he- queso. That's what that was. Yeah. Boil, boil, start on a trial. It's like, is that queso dip? <laughs> well, so he wrote um, a treaty called uh, Honorocritica, in which he talks about tyromancy as a method of divining the future. 
So he believed that um, he claimed that she's fortune telling uh, is among the most reliable fortune telling. So using cheese to, to tell the future. And this is in the second century. So I just think maybe it did. Maybe he was bored and just, you know, or, or drunk and was like, oh man, cheese. It defines the future. Like It just doesn't seem like a, a, a very, I don't know. You don't, but. You don't want to try your hand at some uh, tyromancy? Reading the veins of blue cheese to see what your future holds. Honestly, I just want to. I just want to eat the cheese. This was in The Witcher. This was in the game The Witcher. <laughs> um. So, if people in the in like the 17th century also used it, um, like for divination, um. Like, so, like, they bit through dreams. Like, if you dreamt of cakes without cheese, then it was good. But um, those which have both signify deceit and treason by a Welshman. That's racist. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. Why specifically a Welshman? Again, it was probably just, um, you know, at the the time... um, and it was from it, it was in an English uh, oh. manual, so I'm assuming it's from England. Uh, and sense. apparently, yeah, they had some issues with the Welsh, <laughs> so <laughs> they were just it, it was just their way of you know getting to be racist and trying right. to make it not sound racist. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Um, but the most common use for uh, magic cheese in medieval and and early modern periods, they used it to identify thieves and murderers, apparently. Um, (laughs) First, you have to bless the cheese with a prayer. Uh, The prayer that they gave as an example, I'm going to read this for you, is, may his mouth be cursed and full of bitterness under his tongue pain and labor. If he is guilty, he will eat in the name of the devil. If he is not guilty, he will eat in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And then you feed this cheese to the people or peoples that you think are uh, maybe thieves or murderers. And then um, apparently they won't be able to swallow it because of their guilt. That's how that works. Or because it's really crappy cheese. (laughs) Or because they're lactose intolerant. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe the cheese just tasted like shit. I I wouldn't want to swallow it either. Here, eat this piece of Limburger. Ah, he is guilty. Uh, the Lord Jesus has defined you as being guilty. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, it, it's weird. And I mean, again, this is, you know, this is shot of history. So a lot of this history, I mean, it is history. It's stuff that happened. But it's again, it's, you know, we we don't know if any of this actually worked. This is just more like for fun, guys. So, I mean, you can try any of these at home. If you feel so inclined, but you know. welcome to Shot of History, the show that is the exact opposite of kids. Don't try this at home. Right. Go ahead and, and try the cheese magics at home. I, I mean, I don't think anything bad will happen. I think it'll be all right. Um, so uh, people were concerned. Next about- week, we discuss the review from the the commenter from the re- one star review that we apparently they invoked a cheese demon in their basement. <laughs> hey, you know, try it at your own. I'm just saying, like, I feel like, you know, nothing will happen. But, you know, if you're trying to figure out if somebody's a thief or a murderer, you know how to now with cheese. So (laughs) um, a lot of people seem like... like 
a bunch of white kids going to be in the bathroom looking in the mirror going, Limburger. Limburger. <laughs> yep, five Limburger. Yeah. And then all those kids are murdered. <laughs> yep. By a giant Limburger monster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so apparently the, the fear of ha- eating enchanted cheese was like a real thing um, because there were all these, you know, tales of witches using them in, you know, in their practice. So um, William of Malmesbury was really convinced that like all cheeses that he was going to eat uh, were had a high chance of being enchanted. And um, he explained that female Italian innkeepers Italian, okay, specifically, were uh, especially prone to using enchanted cheese to turn their customers into beasts of burden. (laughs) Now, I don't... (sighs) Why, though, would they (laughs) want to do that? (laughs) I don't know why. Why? (laughs) Why would you want to turn them into beasts of burden? What I would do is use the cheese to, like, make them really thirsty, so... Or more generous, so that they would tip me better and keep I don't keep think you should be bringing drink. your modern sensibilities of what we would do with cheese to the past, okay? <laughs> right? Don't bring our 2021 sensibilities about what we would do with magic cheese to this All time right. period. This is bad I'm just history. saying that's what I would have done. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Calvin. So we're not supposed to judge things of yesterday based on today's lens? That's not what I'm no, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Back out of that one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't take this joke <laughs> and do that. <laughs> ruin my joke. All right. I'm almost done, you guys. Like I said, this is a short one. I got like two or three more little tidbits to share with you, and then we're going to learn about maggot cheese. Because um, we're all, I know that everybody's really excited about that. Um, Everyone's already looked uh, it up at this point. They paused the episode. They already have the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> they want to be prepared. This is this is going to be like one of the, the long, long story. Like, I just want the recipe. Why am I reading the story about your grandmother in World War II coming up with the recipe? 18 right. pages later, finally get the recipe. Here we go. I hate that. I hate that. Um, malevolent wishes were um, always, they were thought to meddle with cheese and milk. So, um Spoiling milk was a common curse that people would they, that they thought was a thing that they thought people would curse their milk. Um, in 1650, uh, dairy maid Isabel Maine was convinced her milk was cursed um, as it wouldn't turn into cheese. So she was trying to make cheese. She was trying to make, make boob cheese. cheese. Huh? She was trying to make. Oh wait, no. I I, I thought you said a dairy maid. Never mind. I I thought she was trying yeah, to make. I thought she was. I thought she was trying to make boob cheese. <laughs> Oh, no, no. <laughs> Apparently people do that, though. And I, I don't want to get into that. I, I just don't. We're going to just. All right. Continuing on. Um, only after uh, a magician, a magician, <laughs> finger quotes, um, performed a counter curse with the milk curl properly. So um, this magician, who was a woman, by the way, which uh, d- doesn't seem a very common thing in the 1600s to have a. a a female magician, but yeah, normally know. they just called them witches. Yeah, she, was so, it, no, yeah, was it per- common to have magicians? Period. Like, was this uh, like a common thing? Was it a male-dominated, uh, you know, it, job? In this, well, in this time period, there was like <laughs> alchemy was a thing. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, sciences that 
people attributed to magic. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm picturing now, like, a, I'm picturing a guy in weird so, druid robes walking around going, "Is this thy tobacco leaf?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and they, you know, so the term magician is thrown around to mean some of these sciences that maybe weren't necessarily sciences, but at the time they thought were sciences. So. Eh, it is what it is. But anyway, so uh, this female uh, magician named Margaret Stothard uh, advised the milkmaid to carry a stick of rowan wood when she milked the cows in the future to protect the milk from evil eyes. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And then apparently witches were also thought to magically steal milk directly from cow udders. So like... um. As an, ex- as an example, so this is just an example of this. Uh, there's a 14th century morality manual that tells a story about a woman uh, with an enchanted leather bag. And uh, on her command, the bag would leap up and go to her, neighbor- or her neighbor's uh, herd of cattle. And it would secretly steal milk and bring it back to her. This bag would <laughs> do it all on its own because it was enchanted. Okay. And magically collect all the milk out of the udders from the cows and then bring it back. So um, (laughs) then, and this is, this ties in more with like the whole reason I decided to go down the rabbit hole with, um, you know, enticing women with cheese. So apparently uh, there's cheese, cheese as a seduction method um, has a a long history as well. Um, The link between love magic and uh, cheese doesn't only stop at seduction, though. Um, in 14th century Germany, biting a piece of bread and cheese and throwing it over your shoulder was meant to ensure fertility in a relationship. Um, cheese could also cure male impotency. Um, if a pesky witch... I know I get it, rock hard around cheese. <laughs> I know, so do I, and I don't even have a dick. So. But, I mean, uh, but apparently only Swiss cheese for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, so if a pesky witch had cursed a man's genitals, a medieval Italian cure was for the man's wife to bore a hole in cheese and feed him the resulting pieces. And we're back to Swiss cheese jokes. That's okay. And you know what? I'm going to leave it on that because I, I feel like nothing can top that. <laughs> Male impotency being cured by holy cheese. <laughs> Look, so first you're going to drill this hole into the cheese and then you're going to feed one, him the cheese. You cut a hole in that cheese. He's going to fuck the cheese. You put your junk in that yeah. cheese. They, they said they feed it to him, but come on. Yeah. We know better. <laughs> we know <It's>, better. <laughs> and this is, just, this is just some of the stuff. There's a lot of other stuff that was kind of boring, but I, I found this one article to be pretty fascinating. They pulled a lot of the the more interesting stories, and I basically mostly used the one article. Um, but I did it reading on some other stuff, so maybe we'll have a, a, a episode two at some point of witchcraft and cheese because it, it's definitely an interesting subject. I'm just going to start carrying craft singles around in my pocket and see if it works. <laughs> Okay, craft singles aren't that good though. Like, I need that real cheese. Uh, what are they uh, like? So, like, carry a pocket full of like the baby bells with me. Like, ooh, oh, I need some like Gouda or some like uh, like something better than baby bells. Come on, baby bells are all right in a pinch, but craft singles I mean, are garbage. I'm just I'm just going with fascinated woman with a piece of cheese. Like, I, like there were no so, so okay. Your your mileage may vary based on kind of cheese and woman involved. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I just see a guy sitting in a bar. 
with a craft single still wrapped in the plastic, <laughs> sliding it over. Hey. <laughs> or a bartender giving a lady a piece of cheese and going, that's from the guy and at the end of the bar. From the guy at the end of the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. I I have heard more than one woman in my life uh, say that you know when she's at a bar, you know, don't offer to buy her a drink, offer to buy her cheese sticks, and she's yours. <laughs> Liz Lemon, <laughs> Liz Lemon from Thirty Rock. She's like, I already right. have a drink. Do you think I'll buy me mozzarella sticks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can always try, right? All right, Calvin. Before we wrap up the episode, you want to um explain how uh, maggot cheese is made. Not really, but we're gonna go ahead and do it. We're gonna go ahead and do it. All right, let's do it. This is a bonus, people. uh, Now you're gonna find out why it's illegal. Okay, so here we go. Um, I should have been preparing. Here are the steps. First step: first, sheep's milk is needed. You got to heat sheep's milk. Then it's given about three weeks to sit so that it can curdle. Mm -hmm. Next, the crust is cut off. This makes it inviting for flies to enter it who then lay their eggs. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, the cheese is left in a dark hut for two or three months. During that time, the eggs hatch into larvae, 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 and uh, promptly begin to eat the now rotting cheese. All right. So now the excretions that pass through their bodies are essential as they are what gives the cheese its distinct soft texture and rich flavor. And as the Italians say, presto, you have your Casa Marzu. The best comparison that can be made is to the taste of a very ripe gorgonzola cheese. Of course. Ha! This is just rotten gorgonzola cheese. I don't even know why I didn't think that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but what you're actually tasting is the, the larvae excrement. So you're so it's eating maggot cheese. shit. So it's poop you're cheese. maggot shit. It's poop. It's poop cheese along with shitty coffee. There you go. I feel like that's like the worst Sunday morning ever. Uh, here's your, uh, sir. Here's your uh, shitty coffee and your shitty cheese. I love this. <laughs> I love the, the last thing this article says. Now, if this bizarre delicacy sounds absolutely amazing to you, and you've decided that you must have it for the Italian experience, we've got some bad news for you. It is extremely difficult to get your hands on the elusive and maggot-infested cheese. I'm sitting here thinking there is nothing about this that should make anybody excited. I think, nope. I think we're glossing over the important facts here so some of these so some of these larvae that are used to produce this cheese can jump up to six feet or six inches when disturbed so so when you have to eat this cheese you gotta block the cheese with your hands no and you're eating these squatting maggots at the same time the larvae are thought to be able to survive your stomach acid (laughs) ah No, no, I'm, I'm going to, that, that's a no for me, dog. No, that's, (laughs) I got to go to, I got to go and get me some of this Sardinian cheese. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think it's time. I think it's time to wrap this up before I barf in my mouth. Like, uh, so I think it's time to pop out the plugs. I will go first. I actually have something to plug today. Believe it or not. Um, it was just announced Cafe Macabre 2 is coming to Kickstarter in April. Um, I was part of the first book. It was uh, really successful. And the second one is out. I have a story in this one as well. Um, 13 writers, 13 artists, all female uh, coming to Kickstarter, I believe, April 7th. So, um, yeah, if you like horror, check it out. The first one was pretty good. I liked it. 
I loved it. <laughs> Not just because I was in it. I loved mm-hmm. it, though. Really good. Uh, you know, Source Point, Deep Water, uh, N3 Art, all that good shit that I'm involved with. Uh, and thanks to Ben Goldsmith for producing our new opening music. Um, check out his books uh, at Source Point Press. And, uh, you know, as always, fuck Steve. Well, um, I guess the only thing I can really plug at this moment is my podcast, Leading Questions with Calvin Moore, uh, where we get on people to uh, talk about different uh, topics they classically disagree upon uh, and have a hopefully healthy dialogue. Uh, you can listen to that on the Podcast Detroit Network and anywhere else you can find your you know, you know podcasts. <laughs> Everywhere find podcasts Everywhere. are sold. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Uh, yeah, and then I guess uh, on that note, uh, Podcast Detroit. Uh, we have our Detroit Shipping Company studio up and running. We have our Hamtramck studio up and running, and there are shows actually recording there, which is cool. Uh, and we're still doing stuff, a lot of stuff remotely. I think half of our shows are still running remotely, and we're still getting requests for new shows to start remotely. So, uh, check us out, podcastdetroit.com, Podcast Detroit, all the things on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Googles and the the Instagrams and the places and the things and the yay. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today for a shot of history. Until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, big dev. I'm Calvin. And I'm Dave. 